Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Welcome everybody to another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm your host, Dr. Adriana Popescu, and I'm really excited today to have as our guest, Chris Hancock. He helps awakening souls rapidly clear subconscious cobwebs, integrate spiritual experiences, heal, risk, and evolve in modern therapy. Thank you, Chris, for being with us today. Thank you. You know, and I'm glad to now know how to say your last name. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's tricky. <laughs> a lot of people, actually a lot of people mispronounce both names, so. <laughs> I bet, yeah. I was putting the emphasis on the pop, uh, yeah. so. <laughs> You know, it's also funny that you and I have been part of this assist organization for, I guess, each of us several years now, but we really don't know each other. We've hardly interacted. So maybe this is going to change that. Yes. I met Chris. Chris is a practicing social worker in Nashville. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nashville, Tennessee. And we actually met through assist. Um, the American Center for the Integration of Spiritually Transformative Experiences. Um, I actually interviewed the now former president of ASSIST, uh, Katrina Michelle, in an earlier episode in this series. And we talked about the idea of, you know, how a spiritually transformative experience can actually uh, be something that we address in therapy and I know you also work with these types of experiences and you yourself have had actually spiritually transformative experiences. So I wonder if we could maybe just start a little bit with your story. Like how did you come to do this work and how has your own personal experience impacted what you're doing with clients? Yeah, great question. So let's see, how can I kind of condense this? Um, So I guess as a backdrop, Since my teen years, I've been interested in things outside the box, beyond the veil, the paranormal, the supernatural, you know, the the big questions, let's say. Always, always, always interested. So fast forward to when I experienced in my 20s what was probably my first version of a dark night of the soul. It was really more like a depression, like a more clinical, but with an existential piece that saw me leaving uh, the music industry, which I was in for six or so years after college, to go into this field, initially not really knowing what I wanted to do. I just was really following uh, my gut, following an intuition that I wanted to work with people in some way. So I got into therapy. I had already been in once briefly to deal with a very painful uh, heartbreak in my earlier 20s. So in my late 20s, I got into therapy again, and that helped shine the light on the fact very quickly that I wanted to go into doing direct service, human service, social work, or therapeutic work. And so the rest is history with that. Um, 
so I went to a school that was very traditional, taught me, you know, in the psychodynamic, ego psychology, kind of humanistic, interpersonal tradition. Um, and for years and years, I worked in the community-based mental health sector, uh, struck out on my own in 2006, part-time. Then by 2007, I was full-time and practiced more or less traditionally inside the box, right? And kind of kept my outside the box uh, leanings mostly on the back burner. I mean, I was always, I think my clients then as now would always describe me as mind body oriented and holistic, but I kept a lot of the really weird stuff, my own personal interests out of the frame for a whole host of reasons. Um, so fast forward again to, um, I guess maybe let's say roughly four years ago, I started to feel a real unrest emerging. It was very slow. It was real insidious. It was the beginning of a real burnout, but because it was so subtle and insidious, I really didn't, in hindsight now, I realized I didn't recognize it. So it slowly grew and it basically touched down last year with just a full blown kind of dark night of the soul, a real, real darkness. Um, and there was a convergence of things. It was not just burnout. It was also uh, marital in part. My wife and I were struggling with trying to sort of take us into the next phase of our marriage. We had a lot of garbage to still take out. So there was that. Um, but there was also kind of midlife crisis stuff for me uh, in the lead up to turning 50. It really threw me. Not in the ways of like, I need to go buy a red convertible Corvette kind of ways, but just in deeper, darker, more existential and deeply, deeply confounding ways. All of this came together, became a real dark night of the soul and through multiple surrenders, through turning inward, putting a lot of time just sitting in meditation to try to face the pain, to turn into the pain, I eventually started to have some transformative experiences of my own. Um, I started to bring in higher guidance, higher energies. Um, I started at one point to just spontaneously um, practice mediumship with no real intention to do that. My loved ones were coming through and I went with it. Along with that, I started to bring in some other more questionable energies and realizing that I was not enough out of my darkness, that it wasn't smart to keep going with that. I basically shut that down. I surrendered that and I asked for a sign to come at some future date when I'm more integrated myself, if there's something more for that with mediumship or channeling or what have you, then I'll look for a sign. I'll look expect that I'll get one. So fast forward again to earlier this year, just before COVID hit, I got that sign. Maybe I don't need to go into all of how that came, but suffice to say that ever since then, I've been sitting again every day, sometimes upwards of two hours a day. And I'm bringing in all sorts of energies and, um, and, and beings. And um, it's quite fascinating. Um, I had this guidance come online where, uh, you know, I had already been practicing versions of muscle testing with my modality that, that I created. 
And long story short, through processing this, you know, emergence or this shamanic initiation or what seems to be preparing to open to channel a process that I'm in, uh, this guidance has come right online with me now where my head sort of acts as a muscle testing spontaneous instrument. It's almost like my head is a pendulum telling me yes or no, and I use that in my modality, and it's amazingly accurate um, because it's a clear channel coming through with higher guidance. So as long as I don't misinterpret, which I can and sometimes do, yeah, it, it's a pretty fascinating and wonderful thing. So let's see. Let's try to get back to your question. <laughs> so that's just a snapshot of my own personal STE ongoing experience. I don't really know where it's all going, but it feels right. My life only seems to open up and get better. So I'm trusting that it's all of the light um, and just having faith and going with it. But so part of my takeaway from this real darkness that touched down was that not only did I have old stuff to resolve and integrate, but I had to bring in all of me. I had to stop trying to keep out, mostly out of fear, worried about being worried about how I'd be perceived. I, I had to bring that all in. I had to come together with all of who I am. And funny enough, the, fir the very first audible message that came through me the year before with the, with the little mediumship interlude was a statement like, it is time for you to bring forth all of who you are. And that brought me to tears because I knew exactly what that meant. Exactly. So that's what I've been basically attempting to do. And that has greatly guided my work in kind of rebranding and calling my thing now therapy outside the box, um, which was actually my wife's idea, credit to her. Uh, she thought that that would be sort of recognizable enough. You know, most people have heard the phrase outside the box without being overly descriptive or pigeonholing too much as, you know, someone who works only with psycho-spiritual psycho experiences or whatnot. Because I still do, I, I still integrate traditional methods in with more, you know, the outside the box stuff. And I'm working with people across the board, uh, you know, on the most sort of prosaic daily work-a-day day issues, which I still enjoy doing. I just try to apply more um, expansive thinking, I guess, to those mundane problems that, that we all encounter. I guess I'll stop there and let you take it somewhere else. What a, thank you. What a fascinating uh, story that you are still unfolding and yeah. still very much um, in the experience of. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking about, you know, clients that we've worked with who if they were faced with an experience like that, I think the average person might start to think they're really crazy. And if they ended up, you know, in the office of a therapist or a psychiatrist, or even at the hospital, you know, talking about that kind of experience, you know, they might be called psychotic. They might be told you're hallucinating or, you know, oh, you're talking to spirits. Whoa. Like, you know, let's give you some uh, antipsychotic medication to help with that. And how many people get invalidated, you know, with that? And, and, and so can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is by that measure, and that is still the standard within mental health on the whole, 
then I would be psychotic right now. Yeah. Um, I would have certainly have had uh, medication uh, recommended to me, if not hospitalization, especially when I was in the thick of the darkness that I was in last year. Now, I sought all sorts of help, but and extra support in addition to my own longtime ongoing therapy. And I'm fortunate to have a mentor and a therapist back in New York that was a one-time Franciscan priest and left for somewhat similar reasons because his sense of the divine and spirituality, out he outgrew that skin, kind of like I outgrew my traditional therapist skin. So anyway, so yes, by that measure, I, I would be uh, quickly and easily labeled something that is really just not accurate. Um, and that does happen all the time, as you well know. And I'm sure you've had, uh, it, it, I don't know how many people come to you like I have to me, especially since coming out of the box and joining Assist, uh, that have had those experiences, that have had their spiritual experiences not only misunderstood, but completely invalidated and misdiagnosed. Um, you know, I, I saw one fellow years and years back where I actually invalidated him. And I regret that. It was a very short course of therapy because I, I just wasn't buying that he was having a, a, a bona fide spiritual experience because he had had some, uh, I, I mean, he was a good example of somebody who was in that intersection of probably having some genuine mood disorder, bipolar type stuff, but also the spirit, spiritual experiences. But he was so dysregulated that I, di I didn't have the knowledge, awareness, and I guess the sensitivity at that time um, to be able to hold that space and reserve judgment. So to some degree, I learned the hard way. I forever hold that as a, as a kind of mark on my record, right? I feel like I messed that one up. But... Um, but I am always pleased when someone may find their way to me now that has had experiences of being invalidated and mis misunderstood. And it doesn't mean I'm the one who's going to be able to completely understand it, but my mind is definitely open. <laughs> and I think, you know, with where the world is going, arguably we're all kind of leveling up. We're like you and I were talking about earlier about the fires and everything that's going on in the world you know, there's obviously a, a clearing, a destruction going on to make way for some kind of consciousness elevation, let's hope, on the whole of the earth uh, and a rebirth of sorts, you know, for our species. Um, so in that, I think, I think we as mental health clinicians or related workers, nurses, doctors, I think we're all going to be more or less forced to have our eyes opened, kind of like the way the, the psychedelic medicine movement has just exploded and we can't ignore it anymore. You may still be anti it or have your biases, but you're going, if you're in this field or related fields, you're going to be forced to interface with that because more and more people are turning to ketamine and MDMA and, and the mushrooms, et cetera. So, um, but I think, and I'm sure you would agree, people like us, we just have dipped our toe in. You know, we have a lot to learn and a long way to go. So for me, this is, there's no arrival here. There's no, I'm woke. This is like, I'm, I'm a baby. I'm maybe in kindergarten with this. And especially with the, the utter humility that's coming with my, my own process, whether that's going to channeling or what, I don't exactly know. 
but the downloads and the kind of upgrades and light codes I seem to be receiving, if I'm even remotely understanding what's going on with me with this, it's, it's really bringing me back to ground zero of, of realizing how much I don't know. <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful place to start. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is the problem, I think, with traditional Western medicine and psychiatry is that it's not okay to not have an answer. You yeah. know, you need to find out what these symptoms are and you need to give it a diagnosis. And once you have that diagnosis, here's the course of action we're going to take. And the, life just isn't like that. And people's experiences are not so clearly defined and able to be, as you put it, you know, in a box. Yes. Right. Um, and to do that to people is really minimizing, I'd say, or invalidating their experience. And it's just, yeah, that and it's just missing so much. Uh, it's missing so much meaning. Right. I mean, even in my most the most traditional uh, parts of my practicing as a therapist, I always, you know, I guess in thanks greatly to my just the humanistic tone of my training and my personal therapy, I was trained and shown the value constantly of looking at symptoms as just meaning, expressions of meaning, begging to be understood, not pathologized and not uh, uh, medicalized and not suppressed. <laughs> now, look, there's, I, I don't want to go too far and throw the whole baby out with the water on this. I do think Yes, there's a role for medication at times, right? If somebody can't function to do the work to get to exercise and meditate, well, yeah, okay, throw a little medication at it. Just hopefully we, as a field, we continue to do so more and more mindfully. Exactly. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. So tell, us, tell us a little bit more. So, you know, in pursuit, much like myself, you know, in, in, my quest for healing from a chronic illness and, you know, my own spiritual evolution that started with that, you know, I've sampled tons of modalities. You know, we also have in yeah. common uh, something, some overlap in the work we do with energy psychology. I know you also um, are a fan of energy psychology and you've studied many different modalities that have yeah. actually, it seems like you've integrated a lot of those and added some of your own uh, stuff to the mix to really create your own treating modality that you use in your practice. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm relatively new to the energy psychology existing modalities. Only been really aware and pursuing that for a couple of years now. Uh, not nearly as long as you. Um, oh, always sensitive to and aware of and interested in the energetic components of everything, just always being naturally holistically minded. But I'll tell you, it really came about uh, about a year, roughly, before my kind of darkness episode, darkness experience touched down, um, where I, I, I knew I was struggling, and I knew I was really, really at the end of growing out of my traditional only therapist skin. Like, I really started to have fantasies about just chucking it all and going and opening a crab shack on the beach somewhere. You know, I just don't want to do this anymore. That whole kind of thing. So I surrendered, which is just what I know how to do. And I asked to be shown a new way. 
if 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 I am to stay in this field, is that if that is the divine's will for me to continue, I know that I need a new way forward. And I knew that that new way was not just simply like I need to go learn EMDR or something, you know, that's, you know, relatively still in the box. I knew I needed something very different. And it was within a few days, it was in that same week that I went to my office one day, popped up my laptop and up came a banner ad for a very, very little known energy psychology method called ask and receive the creators of which were just starting to put it out there, like just starting to do their first teaching and courses about it. Uh, you may be familiar with, with them from ASEP, which I'm sure you're part of, right? So I instantly just recognize it as a sign, like that was a synchronistic breadcrumb. That was the first, that was the first answer to that show me a new way. So sight unseen, I just signed up. 10 minutes into the first module of the training, I knew that this was something for me. So long story short, I started applying that, practicing it with my clients who already knew and trusted me, and by far people loved it. And from there is where it got really interesting. I just started to notice that other pieces of other modalities were just landing in my lap. I can't even really say I remember how, but I just kept, my body kept telling me, here's another breadcrumb. Oh, you got to follow this one too. Learn this, add this in, curate it, tweak it this way, do this, do that with it. I just kept following my intuition. And before I knew it, I was just developing my own kind of method. So I think about, so it's called subconscious heal and release. And to my knowledge, and I could be wrong about this, it's the only modality of its kind out there that's addressing both trauma limiting old false subconscious beliefs and trapped emotions, generational or otherwise. It's, do, it's addressing all three. And I'm constantly still adding and curating and refining it so it's not a you know, finished, polished product by any means. But I've been doing it a few years now. And uh, it's, you know, it's rooted in kind of, uh, my longtime fascination with multiplicity of mind philosophy and approaches. So having studied internal family systems and psychosynthesis and TA and other things like this, um, I've always been smitten with just the idea of multiplicity of mind, which for your listeners, if they're not familiar, it's simply the idea that we all have an essence, we all have a core, a larger self, a soul, a higher self, any of those Eastern concepts apply that is untouched by our experience, no matter how drastic or, or traumatic. And we all have fragmented parts that kind of live within us and play roles in the system. Let's just put it that way. So that's kind of like to use my favorite analogy um, of a, uh, a New Orleans gumbo. The multiplicity of mind at large is like the roux. It's the roux of the gumbo. Uh, the ask and receive piece is like, is the Holy Trinity. And everything else that I have thrown in there is the rice and the meat and the seafood and stuff. Um, and I, I just, I love doing it. It is, it's, it's the most rapid, it's the fastest way that I've discovered of getting somebody fully aligned with whatever it is they're wanting to work on. So like ask and receive does, we, it starts with the future present orientation. We don't start from the past. 
It's the opposite of a traditional therapy approach in that way. And that's one of the reasons it suits me now, vibrationally, right? Um, we create a positive statement of what we most want to feel or be or become or experience that in the moment we're certainly not. And then we use my version of muscle testing, which is really just bringing in guidance through, my, through the, the God mind and through my higher self, accessing the subconscious to give us the information that we need to know about exactly what is in the way of the person being in alignment with their goal. And we just keep working the process until we get there. Sometimes we can get there in a half an hour. Sometimes it, it will take six, eight sessions. It depends on how much trauma baggage, how many limiting beliefs, and how much old, unprocessed, trapped emotional energy we have, um, you know, dammed up in the system. Wow, that's amazing. I wonder if we can give the viewers slash listeners a little sampling of that. Sure, we can. Yeah, okay. So to do that, we need to start. So you're the subject, obviously. Get, let's so think of an issue. Anything that, that you recognize, eh, I think I'm not fully aligned with my wanting to feel this way or have this or do this. Anything you want, let's turn it into a quick positive statement and, um, and, then, and then we'll go. I think what's been up for me lately is yeah. really physical body stuff. Um, okay. Like for instance, I had a, a massage the other night and was just became really aware as being, you know, this is something I'm aware of is that I'm an empath, highly sensitive person. And um, my whole life unconsciously, I've been taking on other people's pain and suffering. Yeah. I've worked a lot on it. Um, I'm right. much better about in present time not taking that on, but there still seems to be kind of a back, uh, like a um, stockpile of stuff that yeah. I took on. And it was a big part of what contributed to me getting sick with Lyme disease and chronic fatigue syndrome. So I'm noticing wow. that my body still has a lot of other people's yucky stuff that it's yeah. held on to. Okay. So that sounds like, so, so with this, there's different, my analogy that I use with people is sometimes we come from the top down with this, sometimes bottom up, sometimes from an angle, okay? Um, that sounds like coming um, bottom up, which would be, we start with something like, I let go, release, and surrender. What? Where would you take it from there? I let go, release, and surrender maybe the need to make yeah. other people feel better. Because really, that's what it is, right? It's, it's taking it on. I mean, that's been part of my job, right, is yeah. to make people feel better. So I take away their pain and suffering and lock it into my body. Okay. So you're really talking about in your role as a healer or a therapist? Yeah, I think so. Okay. How, what, what, what language would you use for that if we were going to tack that onto the end to be specific? Uh, as a healer. In my role as a healer. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Great. So I let go, release, and surrender the need to make other people feel better in my role as a healer. Yes. Okay. All right. So that sounds like word for word, something you'd want all of you to believe without a question. Okay. Yeah. 
because that's the thing. The statement has to be as perfect as we can get. In other words, the whole thing excites you. There's not one word of it that any part of you feels like, no, nah, I wish we could change that or I don't quite like that. Okay. All right. So in the interest of time, I don't usually go this quick with it, but let's just do sort of a quick sample. So I'm going to ask you to get embodied. So get into your body. Start to notice your neck down. Use your breath, of course, as you very well know how to do. Um, I'll usually coach people a little bit more in that if that's kind of foreign to them. And while you do that, I'm going to call in my guidance and my protection. I'll do it out loud just so your, your viewers can, can hear my process. So here's what I do. I say, thank you, God, for perfect divine protection, accuracy, participation, and guidance in this subconscious heal and release by proxy for Adriana. Thank you for access to divine mind through the higher self and the subconscious mind. And thank you, St. Germain and Archangel Michael, for your radio Wi-Fi protection and mighty victorious tube of light protection surrounding me now, keeping me safe and free from all discord sent to me and letting the light invoke be used as a blessing, healing, protective force for all beings. And I hereby surrender in total to the divine, all of my own egoic or unconscious agendas or attachments to outcome in this work for Adriana today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then we're ready to go. So then my head will just serve as a muscle testing instrument. So let's have you say the statement after me. And while you're saying it, just notice what you notice. Notice what you feel in your body, okay? So here we go. I let go, release, and surrender. I let go, release, and surrender. The need to make other people feel better. The need to make other people feel better. In my role as a healer. In my role as a healer. Okay, Adriana is in alignment with this statement now. Okay, that's a yes. Seems like mildly there. So then I say on a scale of one to 10, Adriana's alignment with that statement is a six, seven. Okay, so when my head goes back, that's a yes, that's it. So you're seven of 10 which is basically in that, using that muscle testing measurement paradigm, seven is your, your, that's the beginning of alignment. So you're in alignment with it, but because you're not 10, there's obviously stuff in the way. So then we go, start, we always start with trauma. So I say, is there a, there's a trauma blocking this statement for Adriana. And you see my head pulls to the right, that's a no, there's no trauma. So kind of unfortunate because that's kind of the juicy part of how we do the dialogue of clearing the trauma, but we're not going to make up any trauma. So then we just move on to limiting beliefs. So I'll say there's any limiting beliefs blocking the statement for Adriana. Clearly, yes. So let's see what's in the way. So limiting belief is, is about safety. And that's a no, no issue there. The limiting belief is about possibility. And that's a yes. So what does that mean? It means there's some part of you, probably a very young part, that isn't quite totally sure that what you're trying to affirm here is even possible. So then we want to help that. But before we, before we jump into that, um, tell me, what when you said the statement, I forgot to ask you, what did you notice in your body mainly? I can feel like tension and tightness in different areas, like where it's hold, where our eyes can sense I'm holding, still holding stuff. Right. Okay, great. Good noticing. So I always will come back and ask my client, each time we clear something and go back and recite the statement, what do you notice? What do you notice? Is there a lessening of what you noticed before? And that's sort of the evidence-based part of it, right? That's the somatic piece because the body is the subconscious mind. 
and your body can only tell you the truth in the only way that it can through a little ache or pain or twitch or or feeling of nausea or whatever it is so what's so lovely about this is by the time we get to the end if we're lucky in one session that i can get somebody to 10 out of 10 alignment i mean there i don't think there's been a time where a person has said no my body's still not feeling it it's always there's always a match so it's a great confirmation from the person themselves that they feel mind body spirit that they now totally believe what they're all parts of them believe it right all right so let's do a sample on clearing a limiting belief so we got a yes on possibility so just take one nice deep breath and then it goes like this there is a part of my being there's a part of my being. The highest part of me. The highest part of me. That already knows. That already knows. That it is possible. That it is possible. Completely possible. Completely possible. For me to let go, release, and surrender. For me to let go, release, and surrender. The need to make other people feel better the need to make other people feel better. In my role as a healer. In my role as a healer. This is possible. This is possible. And that part of my being. And that part of my being. Is willing to inform. Is willing to inform. All of the rest of me now. All of the rest of me now. And it's doing so now with grace and ease. And it's doing so now with grace and ease. And my mind, body, and spirit. And my mind, body, and spirit. Are receiving this information. Are receiving this information. Information transfer is now complete. Information transfer is now complete. And so it is. And so it is. Good. So we have successfully gotten Andreana in alignment with possibility now. And that's a yes, okay? So sometimes with limiting beliefs, especially with trapped emotions, we'll get a no. We'll get a no, which means didn't get all of it. So then we'll assume that there's a block around that, an extra layer of protection, and then we'll treat the block that way, okay? The trauma, I, we probably shouldn't keep going. It'll just run us probably over time. That's just a little sampling of, of the five-sentence use of the dialogue. It's really based in as you well know, the spiritual science of the spoken word, right? The body believes everything we say. So if we're feeding it the right words with the right intention in the right kind of energy matrix, and we're identifying the right things to use those words to ask to be healed and released, well, by golly, that's what happens. <laughs> well, right, because we all actually have that innate capacity to heal ourselves, right? And that's what's so key about my issue, as well as the work that we're doing. It's yeah. not about going to the practitioner and they will magically heal you. No, what they can do is sort of, you know, activate or catalyze, you know, whatever healing process you have within you that you're not consciously aware of. Just like I might not be consciously aware that I have these beliefs or traumas or stuck emotions that are getting in the way and making it so I'm not energetically congruent with what I'm asking for consciously. I couldn't have said it better. That is exactly true. 
And I mean, look, this is to take nothing away from traditional therapy, insight-oriented, interpersonal talk therapy. I still do that. Um, and it's to take nothing away from any other approach. But damn, is this rapid? Is this, uh, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many folks I work with that will come back after we've cleared something and they'll say, I've been working on this issue for years. I feel like I made more progress in that one or two sessions than anything I've done. But nobody has said, and now I regret everything I've done. Now I think that's all bullshit, right? This is a compliment. It's just, um, uh, it's just an accelerated way to achieve that alignment that just talking about the problem cannot do. Or if it sure. can, it's going to take a long time. <laughs> no, and, and, and that's really the beauty of the muscle testing is that you are able to access, you know, information that the conscious mind or cognitive mind just doesn't even have access to because it's locked in the body. It's in the subconscious. It's below that conscious awareness. I've yes. always loved muscle testing for that reason. And a lot of the modalities of energy psychology do use muscle testing as a way to get access to more information that we can't otherwise get to. Yes, yes. I started out learning from the ask and receive folks, sway test and then the finger test and the arm test. Then I, I, um, I just sort of felt one day, I wanna, I wanna see if the pendulum could be used using the same mechanism. And I had even better results with that. Um, but then with my own process and all this going on and this guidance just coming online with me 24 seven, I just started like I would be using the pendulum or doing the muscle testing and I would start to notice my head doing this or this. And I just thought, well, I'm not sure I need a prop anymore. Right. I'm not sure I need a middleman, you know, basically. So. And the cool thing is too, in this day and age of, you know, COVID and teletherapy, the nice thing is that we can still use the muscle testing by muscle testing ourselves as practitioners. We're actually able to still gain that access when we don't have a client in front of us that we could sit and actually like muscle test, you know, using their body. I mean, that's the cool thing about when you get into like quantum physics and stuff is like, we're all connected energetically and it's easy enough for us to tap into the client's energy field and, and do the surrogate testing so that we can still get the information. That, so. is, that is to me the most fascinating part about it. It is quantum because it shows us that, that working in that way, uh, that mechanism is, is operating outside of time, space, and distance the way we, we understand it. It just doesn't apply. Yeah, you don't have to be in a room with me, so. There's so much more. I love what you said earlier about there's so much more we don't know. And I love that so many of us now are in that question. And, and so many science, you know, the convergence of science and spirituality happens. And so many of us are living in this question and asking, okay, what else is out there? What's outside the box? Um, and that really inspires me and gives me hope that there's so much more to learn. And as we all learn it, we can share what we're learning with our clients and create greater possibilities with them. Absolutely, 100%, completely. Yeah. So Chris, tell us where people can find you if they wanna find out more about your work and whatever else you're up to, how can they find you? 
Yeah, uh, two ways, my website or Instagram, and it's both the same. It's therapyoutsidethebox.com. That's my website. That's my business name, I guess you would say. And my Instagram handle is at therapyoutsidethebox. Um, and I have, so I do basically three things. One is the subconscious heal and release process that we just demonstrated. And that I can do with anyone, anywhere through telehealth, as long as we can make the time zones line up. Um, you know, because I could do that on a a la carte or sort of a coaching or consultation basis. And then I have my subspecialty called support for extraordinary experience. And that's really for experiencers who are, you know, having non-ordinary events or experiences of any kind and want somebody knowledgeable that will not pathologize or judge them. And there's a therapeutic component to that, but that's really more assessment, exploration, so that also can be done through video with anyone, anywhere. And then the third thing is really just my, my integrative counseling uh, piece, which that's where my license comes into effect. So I can only do that with people in Tennessee. Great. Thank you so much, Chris, for being our guest today. What a fascinating conversation. And I love the work that you're doing and all the new territory you're exploring. It's so cool. And I'm really grateful to have had you here today to have this conversation. Me too. Thank you, Dr. P. Thanks everyone for tuning in today on Kaleidoscope of Possibilities. Tune in next time for another exciting episode. Please be sure to also like, comment, and share this podcast with more people so we can really get these tools and perspectives out there so people have more possibilities and they're empowered to know that there are other approaches to mental health and well-being. Thanks all for tuning in. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.